0: What's up, friends and followers of War Media? This is Kyle Means. I want to put y'all up on something real cool, and that's involving our friends at tixblitz.com, where they got all types of great offers for seats and uh, on events of all kinds. Uh, They hooked us up with a promo code that is promo code WAR, W-A-R-R. You use that and you can save 5% off all purchases at TixBlitz.com or on the TixBlitz app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all events. TixBlitz provides the same great seats as other resellers, but with no service fees. None at all, y'all. I'm telling you, this is the hookup, man. We put you on. All right? So, hook, so uh, support us, our friends at TixBlitz.com, and never pay service fees again. That, once again, TixBlitz.com, TixBlitz app, available everywhere, y'all. here. <laughs> Welcome, welcome. This is War Media, another uh, momentous occasion here on air with uh, Kyle Means, your editorial director. And uh, yeah, this is what I'm calling the uh, Fandemonium show. I did one of these uh, mid midway through last year, didn't really get it off the ground, but I'm really going to get back to it here uh, in 2022, uh, I think I, I got a lot of cool people who uh, I, I can talk to about things like, you know, fan culture, pop culture, you know, uh, you know, the type of things that we typically obsess about. And, uh, and you know, I say in in the world, you know, comics, TV, movies, things that, you know, that we have a lot of fun with. And uh, one of those guys is right here with me, uh, by the name of Zach. Quintons. a good friend of mine, goes all the way back to uh, college with me. We worked as young pups on uh, the student newspaper at Southern Illinois University, and uh, you know, both uh, uh, quite. We 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 were just starting to uh, <laughs> go go back down memory lane a little bit before we went on, but it's been it's been a while, but uh, you know, we've kept up in the time since then and you know we both do certain you know, I'll do our own things in certain ways but you know one way that we've sort of kept up is through uh the uh, love of comic culture and comic books and he's really doing his thing with the website comic books bookcase comics bookcase mm-hmm. and uh you know really has established himself in his website uh with a lot of great thoughtful coverage of the comic of comic books and the comic, uh, world. So, uh, Zach, man, you know, he, he's been, and he's been on before. If, if you, if you follow us, he's been on some shows before, in the past, but this is the first time we get to see his pretty face. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Zach, man, thanks for coming on, man. And, uh, you know, uh, what's, what's going on with you?
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate the, uh, kind intro, the kind words about the site too. It's, uh, working hard on it um, comics coverage and and putting a lot of thought into it and expanding it so I appreciate that
0: yeah man'm I'm, I'm impressed by it man when when I come and you know check out the site and you know see your the presence that you keep for yourself on social media you know so I'm impressed by it. but you know we'll talk we're gonna talk a little bit uh, later uh, also later I'm gonna have my man Elliot Serrano on. And, uh, but we're going to talk about, uh, sort of, uh, you know, maintaining and growing an independent site like, like yours. And, you know, I've been doing that myself for years. I'm sort of not doing it anymore, but, um, you know, I've gotten to the point where I've gotten past that sort of, but, um, but I know what it's like to, you know, have to make those certain decisions about coverage and, you know, where to apply your, uh, you know your resources and your energy and stuff and we'll talk a little bit about that but I think you've done a great job of maintaining you know just a you know maintaining a presence and maintaining a a standard for what you want to do and what you want to focus on and you know that's the you know that's a big thing right there you that's those are the type of things that you form community around and form a reliable uh audience base around and let's no see like you guys got that.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's taken a while. Like I think it's been a learning, a learning experience, um, from the start. Like I, I think I was just taking stock of this um before we got on here. Like when I started it, and I think it's been about four years, maybe a little more than four years. And for the first, for the first year, I, I probably about the first year, it was like me and one other person writing for the site. Um, mm. And just figuring and it was a lot of it was me figuring out what I wanted to do with it, like how I could um, like keep myself excited about working on it and then also like uh, build an audience. And so there were a lot of like kind of um, lessons learned along the way by like uh, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, this does work. And it's just been a long process um, still and it still continues to, you know, like it's not over. But yeah, I think we're in a pretty good place right now. Like I've really um, started learning to like kind of, cause for the longest time, and I think maybe you probably had this too. Like when you, when you start something like this, like it feels really personal, like it's just your thing. Um, yeah. And so I've had to really kind of like uh, open it up to collaborators and like kind of let pieces of it go and let, and and kind of find other people who I trust to like work on it and help me. Um, that's been really key yeah. to kind of like expanding it.
0: It's very much your baby when you started, yeah. But over time, over time, you can't give enough of it away because it's like I want to. I'm, I'm sick of doing all this. shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, know I need I need some help with this. You know, we all get yeah, you, you. get that over time, but it, it's 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 really cool. You know uh, that you got. Uh, how many collaborators do you have now? How many uh, do, do you know exactly how many people um, are contributing?
1: I think it's like uh, it's up over. 20, like we have a slack channel and there's 16 or 17 people in there. Oh, wow. um, not all of them. write. Like, I mean, I have people in there who work with me who might write for us once or twice a year. Um, and then I have other people who write once a week. So um, yeah, it's, it's like two dozen people, but I'd say there's a strong core of like five or six who, who are really active um, and probably write something uh, every week or every other week. And like lately I've been, bringing people in who have like a really um hyper focus on something in comics like i have a uh a writer who's now just once a month writing um a column about x-men and another one doing the same thing with like even teenage mutant ninja turtle comics so like um and it's crazy because all those properties have an audience like there's people who um are now only visiting the site or i only interact with them on social media about um this teenage ninja mutant Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles column, and I'm like, I had no idea that kind of demand was out there. But the guy pitched it, and it was like a thoughtful idea, and so I ran with it and kind of. Um, uh, so, so you that
0: way. more or less you you allow yourself to like if somebody pitches you an idea, a recurring idea, you just like cool, you know, like, you 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 don't necessarily seek out like like on your like you say you don't you don't necessarily a uh, call for people to write about something you, you more or less taking people and in, in are willing to work with them or whatever they want to write about. Yeah.
1: It's, it's kind of a mix. Like, um, usually once or twice a year, I'll put out an all call just like, because I think there's people who read the site who kind of, um, uh, like they, they maybe want to reach out, but they think like, Oh, they're not looking for people or like, I don't know if I can do that kind of writing. So, mm-hmm. um, once or twice a year i'll tweet out usually through twitter maybe on the website just put out something like hey do you, you like the site What kind of writing we do do you want to try uh, reach out we'll see if, if there's a good fit um but then past that like i try to i have a like an about page on the site with an email address um that and i'm open to pitches like all the time and um i try to i try to be open to anything like even if it's not my interest within comics like if if it's if it's um thoughtfully done and I kind of like just like the sense of humor or the way they approach it or whatever it is. Um, I'm open to to anything.
0: That's what's up. I, I never needed a Slack channel. So I, I'm impressed. That's enough for, for me to be impressed right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, I I actually had to try twice to start it like the first time I did it it was just like me talking to nobody it's <laughs> <So> like the, <laughs> but the second time I was a little more deliberate about it like uh had reasons for it like that's kind of where like a lot of people send me um graphic novels and things they've self-published to review um and so I will use the slack channel to throw it out there and be like hey I got this book if anyone wants to look at it and we've been doing a lot of stuff like um I don't know if you saw like for the Batman we had uh like a group um, list of suggestions for comics like around the Batman, and so we've been using it to coordinate it that way, like uh, creating Google Docs and things to, like come up with like reading recommended reading lists around movies and um, whatever else maybe people are talking about on Twitter.
0: Sure, okay. And there's a is, there's is, uh, I know there's one particular article I saw on your site that I want to make mention of a little later, but it you know, it, let's get into the main subject of. Of this podcast, and yeah, that is the Batman, and in particular the fact that the Batman is coming out. I have it. I have the link on my computer. I'm looking on my phone. <laughs> anyway, I have the, uh, is the Batman the movie? Of course, the big expected blockbuster coming out this Friday, and you know it's interesting because you know with, with your site, the original uh, name of the site right was Batman's Bookcase, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what? Tell me about that right quick. Why did you originally name the site Batman's Bookcase, and why why did you uh, end up changing it?
1: Yeah, I so I named it Batman's Bookcase because I thought it was funny. Like like I <laughs> thought it was it would be like a, um, I just liked the way it sounded and it made me laugh. Like this idea of like uh, bat like we're we're writing for Batman's Bookcase or something like that. Um, <laughs> okay. and but then I ended up changing it because like I don't think most people got that joke like it was it was funny to me but i think a lot of people thought it was like uh like a batman exclusive fan site or something you know oh, and so yeah. people were kind of coming at me on twitter coming to the site uh, and expecting a lot more like Batman content that I was at. They see
0: going, stuff for other going. comics and be like, yeah, what's this? Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. And at the same time, I was like reaching out to Marvel comics, trying to like ask them for press releases and review comics. Um, and I was like, it probably doesn't help that I'm like branding myself based on Batman and trying to cover Marvel comics too. So um.
0: that makes sense. I, I liked the title. I, I like, like you said, I I kind of, I didn't know exactly why you named it Batman's Book bookcase, but, but I thought it was funny too when I heard it. And then I was you know, the alliterativeness of it too you know, yeah. works uh, a little bit more than comics bookcase. But, you know, it, it, you know, I, the reasons, like I say, the, those challenges that you come up with when doing something like that, you know, it makes sense that you, you know, have to wind up changing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because when, when I started it, it was like I didn't expect it to grow the way it did, kind of. Like, I thought it would just yeah. be me kind of blogging about Comics, but then, um, yeah, your own got, thing, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, if it was kind of an inside joke that that uh, I got and, uh, and maybe a few other people thought was funny, that was fine. But then, as it started to get bigger, it was like, oh man, I need to change this. And, um, yeah, comics bookcase, it was kind of like me trying not to just totally blow up my branding with it, so like to keep it kind of <laughs> consistent. Uh, but yeah, it does. It, I always thought it was really funny with Batman's bookcase, and we had this guy draw like a I, I used to like the old logo we had, um, which was like Batman at like a high school desk, like taking a test or something. It was kind of funny.
0: <laughs> it's, you know, Batman is just one of those things that is so, even if you're not really in the comics, it's just in, in the grand, in the greater American culture is like one of those standards that we have. of You know, there's always a Batman movie in production. If not released, there's always some sort of you know b- multiple batman books that are available every week uh for sale like it's just a constant that's in that's in the pop culture and in our in our society and you know as we get this newest movie coming out like you know what what, what are your thoughts on you know why why is batman such a constant in our culture and why why is there this continued fascination. We repeatedly uh, are welcome to seeing new rising actors put on the cowl and cape, and we 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 don't mind repeating the uh, the origin story, you know, year after year, decade after decade, and you know, seeing it in animation and live action, all these type of ways. Like, what? Why do you think Batman has sort of had this, you know, sort of occupies this particular? unmovable space
1: yeah um that's a really good question because it's like it's almost like at this point every generation is getting a new batman like every every 10 to 15 years um there's a new take on batman for like the new generation um i don't know i think it's a mix of things like i think it there's a lot of like um When you're a kid, this idea of, like, uh, what happens to Batman losing his parents is, like, a really scary thing. And so Uh, it's really, it's really, yeah, it's, like, the worst thing you can think of when you're, like, uh, however old you are when you first um, encounter Batman, like, five, six years old or whatever. Um, And so this idea that this guy has the worst thing happen and then, but now he's, like, powerful and he's going to fight crime and, like, uh, get revenge, I think, is, like, really... um, captivating for everybody you know mm. and i think it also helps that he's like super rich like that's a fun thing to, <laughs> to imagine as a kid um and so and then i think the other thing that always keeps batman um because it's like you're saying like if if you were picking like a standard bearer for comics like who represents uh superheroes more than anybody else even with the success of the marvel movies it's probably still batman like yeah. that that he that's like the flagship superhero um I think the other thing that's made it so uh, enduring is the is the villains like nobody can touch um, the Batman rogues gallery like it's just the best set of villains in comics and so when you have like um, that kind of variety and that many interesting villains like you can tell a lot of different stories with them. Although I guess they kind of do use the same five or six exclusively for the movies, but like
0: you know. <laughs> Yeah that, that's kinda that's we gonna get into that a little bit, like you know, ways that they could maybe expound on the world of Batman and you know in future, but you know but you know like you say, yeah, they, they mostly stick to the, the basics and you know the Joker is the only comic book character that has two uh, uh, Oscars to his name, two Oscar names winning performances you know people love the Joker as much as almost as much as Batman I guess but you know this in this particular movie we got the Riddler who a lot of people are still from no familiar of uh, amongst the Rose Gallery and of course Catwoman as the sort of anti-hero and and, you know love interest of Batman and that's really been established in uh in recent years with the comic books with Tom King and everything and uh you know, I uh, uh, say a lot. Commissioner Gordon, of course, a lot of the uh, you know seminal pieces of, of Batman lore that are that we've gotten, uh, that we always get with him. Uh, I it, it see like the book is, I mean, I mean, the movie, excuse me, is uh, you know using a lot of the uh, year one sort of story and everything, or, or similar to it. He's, he's he's early in his career, of course, as a younger actor, and Pattinson playing him. What, what do you think about sort of the pieces that they use in that they're using in this particular movie, uh, you know, as, as opposed to some of the other movies that they've used in the past? To
1: uh, Yeah. Um, the one thing I, I'm most interested in that, that looks new to me and um, I've kind of avoided spoilers a little bit. But from what I understand, there's a lot more focus on Batman as a detective than we've yeah. probably seen before. Um, and I think that's a really cool approach, uh, to kind of hone in on the like idea that like, um, Batman's this like really, uh, astute crime solver, which, cause usually, um, when you've seen him on screen, it's just a lot of punching. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, and then the other thing I really like from, from what I've seen of it is in the elements they're doing is this, um, I think in recent years too, there's been a lot more of a shift to like. Bruce Wayne being more tormented than he used to be, like, um, than the way he was portrayed. Like, I think, um, Pattinson's Bruce Wayne looks, um, like a sad, sad man, <laughs> like, like, like yeah. a little more, a little more conflicted, um, than, I don't know, maybe Michael Keaton or Christian Bale did. Um, and so I'm kind of curious about that. And then those look like two of the elements that are more interesting. And then, I, I mean, I'm a sucker for like year one is probably my favorite Batman comic, like, and so whenever they do the early um, year one uh, references and, and influence, I mean, I always think that's great. Okay.
0: Okay. It, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring up uh, an article here and I'm link it to uh, on our comments about, uh, you know, what the next Batman movie should be you and your staff uh, at Comics Bookcase sort of going over you know stories that you think maybe you know uh people should I say maybe uh, filmmakers you know whoever be matt Reeves or whoever's gonna be uh taking on Batman stuff in the future should maybe go into and uh you know it's, it's yeah, some some interesting stuff here uh one you know in your in your you know a uh, number number of your staff have made picks but in your mind in your mind you're choosing well, what would be the the ideal way that you would like to uh, expound on uh, the Batman lore in in films going forward
1: yeah um if i had to make a prediction i think they're going to do court of owls next um hmm. that that would be my guess because it's it's like uh it's a villain we haven't seen before um not even in an animated film. I think it's been in a video game or it's about to be in a video game, but I don't keep up with that as closely. But um and it's a newer villain like uh created in the last 10 years or so. And it's more grounded in kind of like horror elements and like uh secret society kind of stuff. And it, it like I just think it's a natural um fit for like where they kind of go with this new Batman next because um, i think it's only a matter of time before quarter Vials ends up um, in a different media and so like i don't know i just have a hunch almost that that's where they're gonna go with the next one it just seems like natural evolution
0: yeah it, it, like the two things that you mentioned with that is apparently this movie is sort of more you know not horror based but it is it is more of yeah, it it does get more into that horror side uh, that I've heard, and that could that could definitely work with that. And like you say too, sort of getting into the history of Gotham and the history of the Wayne family. Uh, it, uh, I've heard you know from some of the reviews that you know a lot of what uh the Riddler does in this in this film is sort of attacking certain uh past, you know past sins that the Wayne family or maybe have been involved in, and so uh you know, make that could, that definitely could work as a, as a second, uh, if they do another trilogy, you know, with these characters, you know, maybe that could definitely work as a, as a next movie.
1: Yeah. That's, that's my early prediction. Having not even seen the new one yet, but like, it's just like a hunch I have, like, I just feel like it's, um, it's time for them to do that. And I think it would also like generate, um, more buzz, uh, Maybe not. I mean, m- maybe the Joker would generate the most attention, but I think Corta that'd Vos be, so, be that's close. So, I,
0: Like, uh, yeah, you already get people talking like, uh, yeah, who's going to be Joker in this yeah. in movie? It's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's the exact same thing that they did in the last trilogy. It's like, you know, do you really want to do that? You know,
1: that's um, what I'm thinking. I think people would be kind of rolling their eyes like, oh, here we go again with, an- with another Joker. Maybe. Yeah. I think Cordova's would really be. Get people like what? What's this gonna look like? Like we haven't seen this before,
2: right? Yeah,
0: definitely. I, I mean, it, it seems like you know from some interviews and things that I've read, the uh, that I've read, and seen with with Matt Reeves that he's not trying to go the obvious route with with a lot of these things, and you know they they, they also have these plans, these other plans with you know streaming and everything. So they're gonna you they're gonna utilize space to tell stories of got them in in various ways so you know yeah you don't have to to like say go the same path that Nolan did or you know uh, or Tim Tim Burton or anything like that just you know you can make it into something different and it seemed like you know making a three-hour movie off the rip (laughs) seems (laughs) to be like that's an interesting choice in and of itself you know
1: yeah, that that's a tough sell, I'll tell you, when you're trying to get your significant other to go see Batman with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't mind three hours of yeah, Batman. She ain't into it as much as you, right? You know? No, no, no. And then you yeah. say, like, she hears it's almost three hours, and it's like, uh, that's a tough one.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can be we, we doing something better with our time, baby. You know? yeah, yeah. I understand that, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a lot
1: of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly,
0: yeah. But, yeah, man, I, 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 for the most part, I've heard it's not – Not that much of an issue, but again, those are Batman fans for the most part. So, you know, but, uh, yeah, Yeah. I'm with it though. Mm -hmm. I I don't have nothing to do. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, Uh, I think it'll be fine. And we're going to a a theater that, like, they serve you food and stuff while you're watching. So it'll be a little bit more, it won't just be sitting in the chair the whole time. So,
0: yeah, and there's this talk too about them having higher prices for this movie. So you might as well get your money's worth, man. Get you,
1: yeah,
0: get you some good, uh, uh, a bed with what, what they go bed seating or whatever, yeah, <laughs> like, like yeah, with a yeah. yeah. real comfortable things and like I so say, recliners, you have me some food, you have you some food brought to you or something. Make a night out of it, but <laughs> that's the plan, yep. Well <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to get though, uh, before, uh, before we uh, uh, talk about some other comics, st- the comic, you know, stuff I want to talk to you about, uh, you know, as far as comics go with Batman in particular. This is a pretty interesting target. This sort of happens. I don't, I don't know. How, maybe you could tell me better. Uh, you know, the way that it's interesting to me how with DC and Marvel, sometimes the plans that they make with comics in, conject, in conjunction with movie releases and stuff like that. And sometimes moves happen, you know, sometimes it seems incidental. But in particular, in, in with Batman in particular, you have uh, a whole new creative team being established right now with the main uh, Batman book at the time of this movie being released. And you still have, of course, like uh, half or maybe even more than half of the DC books being related to Batman in some way. Yeah. What are your thoughts overall on the way that DC is handling Batman uh, you know, on the publishing side?
1: So yeah, they had a so they had a ownership change a couple of years ago um, with with the AT and T merger over, coming over DC Comics, and they had like a new uh, business side manager come over um, publishing, and, and kind of what it looks like has happened is they just looked at at what sells the best and said we need more of this, and what sells the best is always Batman, so you've gotten a lot of like uh, of comics that that'll just be kind of. Like you'll have Justice League Dark with Batman, and like they've huh. done. So you have like a, a lot of um Batman association, and people kind of um make jokes about like oh, uh, everything in DC is Batman right now. But the thing is like a lot the Batman comics they're publishing are really good. Like it's kind of a really good time to be reading um Batman comics. Uh, they've got a lot, like a lot of variety because they they're doing a lot of like um out of continuity stuff where they'll do um just kind of different takes on Batman um, to like, like they'll have like a horror tinge Batman comic. They'll have another one that's like a little more realistic. Um, so there's like a, a pretty wide variety of Batman. Um What they have coming out or what just came out this week is this new series. Um It's a new Tom King Batman series, Batman killing yeah. time. Yeah. And I, I think that one is they're like kind of like aimed at the people who are going to see the movie and head out to the comic shop the next weekend. Cause it's got Catwoman and Riddler. Um, and it's pretty accessible. Like I think it's set right after year one, but, um, before most back in comics. So it's kind of like right in the same time period as the movie from what I understand. Um, so I think they've done a good job like with synergy with having that all over, um, for people who head out to comic shops after seeing the movie. Um, what do you like- think
0: about the way that they've handled King and because he of course he he for years he you no know, coming out of Rebirth, he has the series, the main series himself. Then they sort of cut him at the knees when they have yeah. cut him off at the knees where they have these these various plans, I don't know, the 5G or whatever, but they, they do they have they, they set the switch around. Uh you know, he 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 he's called off the series, but they give him the Batman Cat the series. And he's done with about ten issues of that, and yeah, yeah, that's that's been paused, I guess, right now. But now you got this killing time. But that it is, I, I guess I pay enough attention to it to it's sort of confusing to me. But maybe it's not confusing to others. I don't know. What what do you think about handling it that way?
1: Yeah, so that five G thing was really interesting. Um, it it was a what they were gonna try to do is kind of age out all their existing heroes and and replace them sort of with like one big uh, event that restarted everything. But um, the planning was kind of contentious. And what ended up happening was the uh, co-publisher kind of got fired over it. Like they were just kind of like, you know what, we're not interested in any of this. Um, And so he got axed essentially over this this failed plan for 5g and then um uh so they've kind of like done a little bit of those plans like some of the better ideas made it through but they've kind of gone back to a little more um traditional uh publishing with that stuff but yeah the the tom king he was going to leave the title over that so that they could have a new batman but he was going to finish his own story with a separate series um batman catwoman which has just been totally decimated by uh, the artist being late on the book. Um, mm. So yeah, I could understand why that's really confusing. But they've got him. I mean, I think what he does is really—I'm a big fan anyway of his of his work.
0: But uh, I am too. I, I, I could go—I could go on for a while about him. Like he really got yeah. me back in the comics. I—I I could say with. You know, but uh, no. Like I, I'll I'll do, I'll do that for another show, baby. But but (laughs) go ahead, go ahead.
1: I I think what they have him doing, which is really smart, is um, they have him doing these kind of more contained series, so he doesn't have to do the like really long uh month time stuff. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and then so they're selling those in hardcovers at bookstores, um, so you don't even have to like if you don't really have to pick them up in single issues if you don't. If you don't wanna end up going to a comic shop, you can just get his stuff pretty soon after it's finished, um, and read it all at once. Uh so I think that's what they're doing more with him is he's kinda like their prestige, like uh straight to hardcover sort of writer, um now unless like I don't think he's doing anything right now that's like interconnected with what other writers are doing anymore in their like shared universe kind of stuff.
0: Definitely, definitely. Let me bring in another other, other guest for this for this hour, man. My man, Elliot Serrano, the King of Geeks. What's going on, man? Good evening.
2: Good evening. Hey, good to see y'all. Good to see y'all. Uh, Every yeah, all Batman man. all the time, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: have,
0: have, have you have you guys crossed it in any way? Because you know Zach is not Zach is from Chicago area too. He's got the comics book. Uh the comic book uh bookcase site, website. Yeah. They do a lot of good work
2: over there. Uh I don't know, Zach. Have you refor- have you reviewed any of my work? I mean, I, I am quite a bit- I'm the Ron Burgundy of Chicago comic book writing.
1: <laughs> no, I you know, I I'm from Chicago, but I haven't been there. I mean I've I haven't been there in the last ten years, maybe maybe more, a little bit longer. uh I did make it out to C two E two this year, uh, but I was only there for a day. what do you think? It was i mean it was probably i had a lot of fun at c two e two this year, but everybody was telling me it's usually a lot more crowded, like they limited crowd size or something, yeah, way more crowded, yeah
0: yeah with yeah. but pre pandemic it was like pretty popping with uh you it, know, with that.
2: Oh, Zach, I'm sorry. Is it me or, or, or are we not allowed to mention the name Dan DiDio anymore? Is he is it like <laughs> David now? We can't say we can't say his <laughs> name. <laughs> I
1: I didn't know if it was too uh, if it was if people would know who he was, you know. But yeah, that's the guy. That's yeah, one one who was you really definitely you really gotta be married. in the
0: comic books to to know right. Dan DiDio. like, I, and, I, and I, really, uh, be, I, really be really be into dissing DC probably.
2: I've had breakfast with Dan D'Antonio. He's a fine, fine guy, but yes, a lot of funny. It's, it's a lot of inside baseball, but a lot of interesting stuff Have been surrounding him. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I I interviewed him um, once as well. I thought he was a great guy. He's super funny, like really excited about the stuff. So, but yeah, that he's no longer with the company at this point.
2: I, I'm like, hey, but he's. I think he's doing okay for himself right now. You know. When you've done we've been been a business as long as he has and, you know, got to do. I mean, he did give us the new fifty-two.
1: Yeah. No, he I bought plenty of DC comics during the Dan DiDio era. So <laughs> should span like ten years or so.
2: Yeah.
0: But you know, getting getting back into some of these, you know, he like he he's made he made some good decisions, some controversial decisions and during this time and and looking at the company now is just sort of rolling along. You know, again, with the Batman books, you got, you know, what, what, Zach, what did you think about, like I said, coming out of time, came? what did you think about James Tynion? Cause I, I want, I got, I want to speak to you about uh, another James Tynion book in a minute. And uh, I think you know what I'm talking about, but, uh, you know, what did you think about his run? And now, you know, they're handing over to what Chip Zdarsky. So, yeah, eventually. So, yeah. Eventually, I, I thought it was right away, but so what do you think that sort of signals for you know, because that's those two pretty high profile authors. What do you think that signals for the uh Batman books going forward?
1: Yeah, I think they always like to put a a, a bankable name on, on the Batman main book, um, and I think they also don't like uh, to take too much too many chances with that one with the with the flagship one like they want somebody who's gonna be interesting but not maybe too interesting like like uh i think that's where they go with that. but i actually ended up i actually ended up liking the james Tynan run um once it got past the joker war stuff uh and into the more the fear state uh stuff that he he kind of finished with i thought it was fine and i'm excited i guess i mean like I said, like they don't take too many risks with the main Batman book. I think Tom King was probably the um, the what he did on it was the least typical Batman we've seen in a long time. Like he more character driven. Um, but I really don't know what to expect at all from Chip Zdarsky. Uh, be interesting. It's kind of interesting because he's also writing Daredevil right now. Um, and I don't know if that's ever happened at the, at the same time, having one writer do both Batman and Daredevil
0: it seems like a lot of people are just doing different things right now. You got these, you know, you got these uh, uh, exclusive, some people have these exclusive deals. You got some people who are doing these things on, uh, on, uh, you know, these blogs or whatever that they got now. And and then, but they're writing books as well. And, you know, Tanya, you know, he was writing Batman last year, but he also wrote this real cool book that he brought back. Uh, this week called The House on the Lake. And, uh, you know, I just want you know, you sort of put me on to that in a, in a lot of ways. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I really, I love the book. I'm I midway through the latest edition now. I couldn't get through it before we did this, but uh, it's a really cool book. And, you know, just, I just want you to talk about that book in some ways and you know, a little bit and, and what you think about that and what type of, uh, you know, because it's it's not a typical comic book in any way. So it's a it's really in many ways a horror story, and it's not like I said it's not a the uh, big it's not a comic uh, uh, it's not a superhero book at all. That's what I should say. For yeah, people, yeah, you know? yeah. It's not a superhero book. It's just a really well written, uh, you know, uh, like I say horror, pretty much a horror story
1: yeah um i I absolutely love that book uh I thought the first issue was basically perfect like um one of the best ones I read last year i um like just so people know like the kind of premise is that the whole world has sort of ended, but these people are living in a nice house on the lake, which is the name, the full name um, yeah, nice
0: they, house-
1: <laughs> yeah it's like a super luxurious like modern um house where they can have Anything they want delivered, they can just write on a piece of paper and it shows up at the door the next day.
2: Um, yeah.
1: So I, I, I mean, also like called I, it
2: also called an introvert's dream.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that was that was one of the coolest issues because it really. I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys ever wrote about it or somebody else, but it, it really just modeled the whole pandemic uh, experience because it was like, yeah, you could write, see, write down shit a list of shit that you want, and then it'll be there, you know, leave it outside your door, be there two hours later. So uh, all the things be there. So it's basically Amazon. It's yeah, just like, 100%. It's, it's all of us <laughs> stuck in the house, you know, not able to, to leave the house, and the world is burning outside, And but we still can get, you know, all the snacks and, uh, you know, uh, cleaning supplies we need for the moment
2: all i need are my sweatpants as long as you give me various sizes <laughs> right cool.
1: yeah that's where it clicked for me when they when they revealed that that like they can just order whatever they want i was like oh this this comic is about what it feels like to live through the pandemic like to be at home living through the pandemic and that's when i was, it went from being like this is a really strong horror comic to like oh this might be my favorite comic last year
0: yeah. and i i looked at uh, a piece on polygon today they mentioned, you know, at the at the center of the story is this, you know, it's a person, but it's a creature or so some, some some thing named Walter that gathered all the people together at the house, and you know, and the, the Polygon piece mentions him as this year's best comic book villain, and you know, it, it, it's it's really we I guess that's the crux of the story. We, we we're going to find out eventually what his uh, motives are and what. You know uh, what is he really doing with these people, and you know it, it's just really, it's just really fun. Like it's pulling, it's pulling me in completely. Like just, I, I want to find out what happens with these people and why they've been put in this situation. And yeah, so.
1: do you have any theories to what Walter's deal is? I've been asking everybody.
0: <laughs> I, I think I don't know. Maybe I don't know if he wants them to be like if they if they're his. They're going to be like. If the, the people are gonna be like his uh, pets, or you know, some sort of, they they're just gonna be like on a, you know, like like what those things that they put ants in, you know, those, you know, uh, those glass things that they put ants in or something. That, yeah, uh, the ant farm. Ant farm, yeah. Ant farm, yeah. Like they, they're gonna be a human farm. That, <laughs> And that's gonna be the rest of existence. You know, that you know, existence for the human race is gonna be based on these people going forward. I don't, I don't know. It, it's a trip, man. It's a trip. Like I said, check that book out if you went to something different with comics. In and um, the last, the last comic thing I want to say, a straight up comic thing I want to mention, the saga.
2: And I, oh, that's yeah. a
0: book that I came across saga myself. But again, you, you, you guys at Comic Bookcase sort of helped me appreciate the book more and keep up more with the book you had a you, you had a whole Now that we talked about you know uh the Nice house on the lake had a what, like a few months of a layoff from between publishing a uh, sixth and seventh issue this was a real epic layoff uh like layoff between uh you know issues was is it 54 55 yeah, yeah uh-huh. and, and How long was it? Like three years?
1: More than a little more than three years. Yeah, like three and a yeah,
0: half. Yeah. And that fifty, that fifty-four issue was is just God. That, that is one of the most devastating comic book issues I've ever read. Ever yeah, read.
2: absolutely.
0: And you know, what? What are your thoughts on that book coming back? And what do you think about? Well, it's been about two issues now. I read the first one. I haven't read the other one yet. But what do you think about? The, uh it's come back and you know uh it, it, you think it's still on um, on the ball.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like uh I think my reaction when I was reading 55 was like, "Oh, they took a long time to to make sure it was still good." <laughs> like like they <laughs> um but yeah, that hiatus was was uh like three and a half years. We actually did a thing on the, the website where we reread every issue and wrote about yeah. during, it was supposed to be like, Oh, let's do one a week. Cause originally they were only going to be off for a year. And then, um, we finished that and there was still two years left to wait. So, but I've, I've really enjoyed it being back. Like it, um, I'm like generally more excited about comics with saga to look forward to a little bit. It's been a nice like boost to the, the inspiration to keep the website, um, Going and going strong, so I'm really happy it's back. Saga is probably my my favorite uh, ongoing series. Like that's the when that one comes out on a Wednesday, I, I make sure I get to the shop.
0: Definitely, it's it's, it's, it's a definitely an interesting space. Like you know, saga is the title. It's a space saga, and you know a uh, a lot of different uh, inspirations to it. Uh, but you know, it, it's kind of filthy at times too. But it's, yeah. it's funny. It's very adult. It's, it's very adult, but
1: it's fun. Yeah. I Like when I recommend it to people, I always, there always comes a point during the time where I'm like, it's so good. It's so good. But uh, it's maybe not for everybody. And that's my way of like trying to suggest that there's like some really graphic sex in that comic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. With, with beings with TVs on their heads. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Elliot, you it seems like you 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 read some saga too. Have you have you read Saga?
2: Yeah, I've read it. Um it's it's I, I'm really happy that, that it's caught on like it has. I mean, you've had a lot of writers try to do long form storytelling like Brian K. Vaughn. I think when I think about in the mainstream, I think the one person who comes closest to it, outside of Chris Claremont who did you know, 15 years on X-Men, and that's just one long story. But, I um, think got Jonathan Hickman uh, when he was doing that in the Infinity, uh, that Infinity m- m- series uh, a while back. Just trying to tell—I mean, trying to tell a grand, sweeping tale in a comic book in a monthly comic book—that can be a real challenge because it's—it's a matter of keeping your audience's attention. And on top of that, um having them plunk down four bucks every time and thinking that that book is worth the money that you paid for it. So, I mean, props to Brian K Vaughn and Fiona Staples. I mean, you know, Fiona has been consistent on that book from the get go and the artwork is incredible. And, you know, it, it's, it, it, yes, the book has generated controversy from time to time. Remember the, um, the cover, the breastfeeding cover? Yeah. Oh. That everyone yeah, got yeah. all up over. I remember I Dave Dorman, he's a, a local guy here in Chicago. I love the guy. I don't always agree with him, but this dude has done some of the most classic work I've ever seen. I'm a huge fan of his work. He's done a lot of uh, Star Wars stuff for Dark Horse and all that. Um, but he was up in arms about that particular cover. You know, how can you have that on a comic book? I'm like, dude, you know, come on. It's not marketed as a book for kids, and it's. It's yeah. breastfeeding. How's that? Right. Bad? You know, it wasn't a graphic or anything. It was just a character it had the baby up against the boob, and you couldn't even really see what was happening. It was just something that sometimes you will see in public, you know, when women breastfeed in public. So right. the book is yeah. Yeah, but the, <laughs> right the book itself is able to kind of like keep itself in the public consciousness in different ways outside of you know, the, the hardcore readers, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the book. I've got it. I've got, like, the first two compendiums. Um mm. But until that thing gets an HBO deal or a Netflix deal, it's not, I mean, it's not going to break out. like. Well, some, it's interesting because, yeah.
0: you know, you got, like, that Taco Bell commercial with the, the characters in, in the saga dress, you know, and everything. Yeah, but nobody... So it, nobody, it, nobody, it, but nobody yeah, I mean, that. yeah. yeah. But it's I, a little bit a little bit of. It. but dude,
2: I was in I was doing a free comic book day uh, appearance. I was there like signing grumpy cat books and and I had some friends go, oh, Saga's great, yeah I'm sorry, the shop was full of people. And I got, and a, a, a guy came up to me and goes, "Yeah, Saga is the greatest thing since sliced bread." I go, "Yeah, it's a great book, but a lot of people don't know it." No man, everyone I know knows this book. I love this book. I went, "Okay, hold on." I stood up in the comic <laughs> shop, and again, it was a comic shop full of people, and I yelled out, "Show of hands, everybody in the shop, tell me, do you read Saga? Have you even heard of Saga?" Ninety percent of the shop looked at me, looked like I was crazy. They had no idea what I was talking about, and I was, and that was in the
0: comic shop, the
2: comic shop. Wow. in a comic shop. So again, don't get me wrong, it's a great book, it's a quality book. It deserves all the accolades it gets. It, it's, 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 it, it should get more recognition. Yeah. But if I if I if you walk down the street and you show somebody a copy of saga, they'll be like, okay, I don't know what that is. Show them a copy of the Star Wars Marvel comic, boom, that they know. There's that brand mm-hmm. recognition that it just lacks. When it gets mm-hmm. it, and then when AMC turns it into a television series, then boom, watch it's going to become a huge thing, like Walking Dead. Well,
0: that's yeah, you see, yeah, and that's yeah. what I I want I want to transition a little bit into that sort of area now, where we talk about so much of what we get on TV and movies, and you know now as and streaming, I guess you know comb- combination of both is comic book based, and you know, I guess first off, you know we we, we look at those two. Those two uh, titles that we just talked about, you know, do you think that either one of those have may have legs? Because as adaptations, like you know, Elliot, you just mentioned, like Saga, it it, it could reach another level of uh, of uh, of prominence in the culture if it if it is if it is uh, adapted. But uh, you know, it's interesting because I meant, you know, you think of Brian K. Vaughn, you think of uh, you know what happened last year with Why the Last Man and you know pretty much flopping on FX or, or, or Hulu. You know, it was pretty sad to me because again, when I think about significant uh moments for me in reading comics, going getting through Why the Last Man is another significant moment for me because that was I love that book, but you know it, it seems like it's a, it's a lot of a dice it's sort of a, a dice roll with a lot of these projects and you know what what do you guys think about the overall you know landscape of what you know what's being adapted now and is is it representative of you know truly what's excellent in comic books or are they just throwing stuff at the wall and sort of seeing what hits
1: I'll let you go um, first, yeah <laughs> sure yeah um i don't know like they're definitely throwing stuff at the wall <laughs> like like i think um like uh i forget what the exact number is but if you look at like because anything that marvel or dc puts out the rights already owned by a television studio or a movie studio um and it's like if you look at the the top 200 best-selling monthly comics or whatever, you have to go really far down the list to find something that, that's not, the rights aren't, any, aren't already owned or in development. Like, you sell any, like, even a moderate amount of comics, the rights get snapped up. And But whether or not it gets to TV is, like, another story. Like, um, Brian K. Vaughn, for example, they, they shot a Paper Girls television series, like Amazon Funded and shot it, but it, mm-hmm. I saw him at Baltimore Comic Con this year, and he was saying that after Why the Last Man flopped, it's it might just never see the light of day, like because Amazon is so like um driven by their research and numbers. So they have this this series that they paid for and made that they might not ever release, like it's just there. Um, it they filmed the whole season of it. That's what he said. Yeah, and I I don't think it was super long. Like it might only been six six episodes or something like that. But uh, yeah, they they made Paper Girls like it it exists and there's no, as far as I know, there's no release date. And he what he was saying was like, it all depends on what their research shows and whether or not it ends up being viable and we ever get to see it. Um, does that
0: sort of thing? Do you think it get does it get attached to an author? Because like those are different books, very different books, but it's the same author. So it's like, well, this Brian K. Bond property isn't working. Do you think that could impact like the Adaptation of a saga or something like
1: that, yeah. I mean, I assume so. I don't know. Uh, I know that, like, uh, like writers have become well known and con- like that. Brian K. Vaughn is probably more likely to get his stuff adapted than
0: yeah.
1: um, most writers, you know. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much of a, a liability why The Last Man so publicly, um, failing is like it seems well based on what he said about paper girls it seems substantial but i think like he's always described saga every time i've heard him talk about it as impossible to adapt but they'll say that yeah. about a lot of things right up until they adapt it so who knows i could see it working better as an animated show i think than um live action for sure um, yeah that make
0: that would like it, 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 i'm surprised why that doesn't happen more and maybe maybe more people be open to that with something like Invincible, you know, the, the success that had and everything. You get they now they got this uh the boys spin-off that's about to come out too that's animated. But I think that's that's like that's not that's like a uh I don't know it's like a different type of scene. I don't know. But you know how Elliot what do you what do you think about like say what what do, you, what do you think about how these comic products uh, you know, are being uh, dealt with by these networks and streaming sites and stuff.
2: If there's anything I learn, quality is no indication of success. I've seen really good adaptations totally peter out and get no attention. Mm-hmm. I've seen crappy adaptations just catch on. <laughs> People are like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'm going to read the comic books. Oh, comic books, nothing like this. Um, I think about... um Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Remember that Edgar Wright film he did a while back. I love mm-hmm. the Scott Pilgrim books. I thought Edgar Wright did a great job with that movie, putting it together, uh, distilling everything that made it work into a film. The, the movie is now kind of like a cult classic. Was it a huge box office hit that the, that the movie makers were hoping it would be? No, you know, mm-hmm. but it was a good movie. You have a lot of really good things that go nowhere. Great things that sometimes catch, and and let's let's be honest. There there is something to be said again for brand recognition. You know, the, the Marvel is mining every property they can get. Yeah, as, as Zach said, there there are things out there that have been licensed to other companies. Freaking Marvel buried the Fantastic Four in their own publishing line because they knew they couldn't do anything with the Fantastic Four and 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 they just ignored them now that they get the rights back and they can make a, a new movie with them we we're, we're they're suddenly elevating them again so the, the the comic book owners themselves even hold a little bit of responsibility for what's happening with those characters and where they are kind of like in the the um in, in the audience awareness of them so I, both movie movie studios i'm sorry there there are a lot of movie studios that just don't get the characters i'm sorry for they have done how many batman movies where i think in the most part you know they get batman pretty well i mean yes he's a tad murdery for my for my taste i mean
1: yeah
2: you know dude dude's dropping bombs shooting people dude, the last batmobile you know bet the Batfleck batmobiles shooting people um like what Bat- are you gonna do right um, but it sells, right? Whereas yeah. they, for the life of them, they can't figure out Superman. They, they've yet to figure out Superman in the oh, films. They kind of got a handle on him. The CWs kind of got a handle on him in, um, in the Superman and Lois show, but that is like a Elseworlds version of, of, of Superman. Like Zach was talking about, all um, the, the, the DC and Martin, DC Comics is taking Batman and doing all these out of continuity type things. Funny. I had pitches all different types of Elseworlds type pitches for Superman, Batman, um, back when I was pitching to DC, and they were like, "Yeah, we're done doing Elseworlds." You know, now that's all they do, but they don't call it Elseworlds. They just, <laughs> yeah, it's a Batman story. It's Ooh. in this one, the Junker's the good guy, and Batman's the bad guy. And, don't get me wrong, that the uh, Batman White Knight that that book is incredible, but Sean Murphy's art is what makes it right. Mm. Um, but but then you're you're there, it's. It, so you sit there and you go, All right. It's as you said, it's the roll of the dice because it can't be that we've got a quality book with a quality filmmaker on it. It's it's just it's gotta be a quality book, quality filmmaker. We got to release it at just the right time, at just the right moment when people are gonna get into it and then and then hope for the best at that point. But you know, if anyone can figure that out how to do that. Um, they're going to make a million dollars. How, how would
0: we a, apply all of that to what uh, James Gunn is kind of doing right now? Because the the Suicide Squad movie last year wasn't a big hit either. It was it was reviewed well, but it wasn't a big hit. He comes out with this uh, Peacemaker series, which I loved, and a lot of people loved. And you know, it's sort of got a moment for itself now. Uh, they're gonna have a second season, apparently. But uh, you know, I'm sort of using that as opening to get you get your guys' thoughts on that, if you if you have any overall thoughts. But 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 it is interesting what he's doing in, in, in so far as the, like I say, it's sort of else worlds, but he is working with the main uh, characters in in the DCEU right now when you, you know, you know, spoiler alert, you know, we, we talk about the last episode of the series and, uh, the captain the big cameo and also, you know, just the references in general that they've had, you know, but he's doing it with humor and, you know, a lot of filth again, uh, <laughs> you know, doing it in his own way. You know, what, what do you think that sort of signals for, Adaptations going forward in DC, if anywhere else, it it doesn't seem like the type of thing that Marvel is necessarily going to really get into. Maybe a little bit with Deadpool eventually, but you know, it's really its own thing. It seems like it's it's operating as its own thing right now. This this little corner that Gunn is uh, formulated for himself.
2: I'm sorry, but DC, DC's got to ban- DC's got to gamble and do all the crazy stuff because they can't they can't do the Marvel. They just don't do it. They tried doing yeah. it, and you know they half-assed it, and now they've realized, okay, you know we can't cut corners and just introduce an entire Justice League in three movies. You know when it took Marvel like five, you know, to get the Avengers together, um, and and but don't get me wrong, but. Going in their own direction, I call it counter programming. So DC is going to do yeah. DC is going to make a Joker movie, where it's where it's essentially Taxi Driver, but with a Joker, <laughs> and then yeah. and then, and yeah. then the Joker will be a, the one who actually gave birth to Batman. All right, mm. okay, you know that that's what we want. I mean, don't get me wrong, The movie was good. I was like kind of surprised at how good it was, but it. I'm like, oh, I remember when Scorsese did this. Okay, fine. Right. Um, and, and the Suicide Squad, and there were Suicide Squad and The Suicide Squad. Yes, the, the Suicide same, yeah. Squad was better than Suicide Squad. But let's be honest, Suicide Squad sucked. I mean, yeah. it really, really sucked. Unwatchable. Down to, yeah, down to even where they, they, they used the Ghostbusters ending. First Suicide Squad literally had the Ghostbusters ending. <laughs> At the Suicide Squad facing off against this un uh, 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 you know omnipotent being that turned some of their suicide squad friends into statues that later they you know tore open and found their friends inside. Oh, you know, I mean, I'm like, oh, why? Oh god, they're doing that. This is how unoriginal this movie is. Bring in James Gunn, who Puts in a pinch of originality and his sense of humor and fun. And it was better. Was it great? Okay, it had a really low bar to go over. Okay? It had to be better than The Suicide Squad. I mean, than Suicide Squad. You put a The. It replaced Will Smith with Idris Elba. You know, and do some other things. Take take the big villain that uh, that originally brought the Justice League together that no one think would work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> James Gunn said, you know what? I can make Sparrow the Conqueror work. Sure get Peter Capaldi to put, make a cameo, essentially playing the doctor, but evil, you know, and, and, and boom. And then at the end, make everyone feel bad for Starro and end scene. Mm-hmm. Fine. But did the, was the movie a big hit? No, not really. Mm. But Was it better? Yeah, it was better. Going into Peacemaker. And, and here's the thing about Peacemaker is if Peacemaker had been made into a movie and released in theaters, we would really know how successful it is based on box office, but because I mean HBO talked about how it's their highest most viewed film on in on HBO Max, and that's a thing. And I don't doubt it. And I and I'm pretty sure, considering the buzz on social media and how people were talking about it over time, that you know, week after week after week, people are saying, Hey, have you been watching the show? I mean, wow, this this is pretty good. And it and it got a chance to organically build, you know, yeah. an till the very end, it's like everyone's like, Oh, this is awesome. That's a different animal though. When you're doing a series on a on a cable channel, that's different than in a in a movie theater. Because in a movie theater, you need everybody to come in and see that thing. You want everyone and the on, first
0: on week, TV. you need the big numbers. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Yep. Whereas on, on HBO Max, you just need your subscribers to watch it. And no right. one was subscribing to HBO Max based on Peacemaker. They were subscribing to HBO Max originally on Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. And we all know how that turned out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Again, looking at... Coming off out of that whole thing with Zack Snyder and everything, and utilize again utilizing, like I say, spoiler alert, utilizing Justice League in that eighth episode, that finale episode. What what did you think in particular about that cameo, Elliot? And and like I said again, what you know, it it seems like already that you know the Flash movie is probably going to be a little bit more along that lines of with the, you know, using humor or whatever. And, you know, they're gonna have, we already know the stunt casting that's gonna be involved there. But what what, what do you think, what did you think about that particular use of those characters in in that series?
2: It was fun, I thought it was fun. I mean, (laughs) you gotta learn to suspend certain things. You gotta learn to suspend that. Okay, let's be honest. When you're reading comic books of different types, It makes, when you read a comic book, you don't have a problem with, hell, let's face it, they did Archie meets The Punisher, right? (laughs) Which you would think shouldn't work. But when they put it in a comic book, it actually worked. You're like, oh, okay. But that's a different medium, and it's in a comic book, and your brain registers it differently. When you're watching live-action movies, and you see these representations of movies, I'm like, okay. So now, after seeing Peacemaker... The Peacemaker finale, and I saw Jason Momoa as Aquaman, when I go to see Aquaman 2, I'm going to have in the back of my head, uh, Aquaman has sex with fish.
0: That's the same
2: Aquaman. It's the same guy. It wasn't like they got a different guy. It wasn't like a multiverse version. It wasn't like the CW version of Aquaman. It's <laughs> a movie version of Aquaman. I'm like, oh, that's always going to be in the back of my head. So the DC, they like totally met. They, it, it cracks me up that they were the ones who originated what a multiverse is and how it works. And Marvel now is just sneaking in after doing, you know, into the Spider-Verse, and they're making the multiverse their thing, and people are going nuts for it. You know, they went crazy, you know, with uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Watch uh, Doctor Strange in, in the Multiverse of Madness do big box yeah. office because people are gonna want to see that sort of thing. They're already talking about the cameos, you know, Patrick Stewart's gonna show up as Professor Rex in this one. Oh, we gotta see that. And and DC is like, okay, well, we're gonna have the Justice League appear at the end of Peacemaker. <laughs> and, uh, come on, guys, you're getting you're getting,
0: you're They're getting always playing out catch
2: blast with your own yeah. gimmick. Come on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, yeah, you know, like I said, I, I liked it when it happened. I popped for it, you know, but I, I see what you, I definitely see what you said, Ellie. Like, it, you know, you, at some point, you gotta, you know, you got you gotta pull out the guns and, and, you know, have a little bit more going for you than that. Cause like, I, like, like you say, man, this, this Doctor Strange, they're gonna lay it all out, I think, on this Doctor Strange movie. And, you know, I, I wanna, I wanna get you guys' thoughts on, you know, if you had any thoughts on that, or or, or whatever in general you're, you're looking forward to, uh, you know, for the remainder of the year. Uh, you know, we're gonna wrap up in a minute here, but but I know uh, Elliot that uh, I, I got to get you to talk a little bit on Star Wars and uh, you know, running sort of can <laughs> can uh, t- running sort of in conjunction with uh, Peacemaker at this beginning of the year, we had the the Boba Fett series. Yeah. And, um, you know, mixed reviews, I would say, uh, probably at best for for the entirety of the series. Maybe, you know, there, there was a lot of audience-pleasing or attempt at, at, at fan pl- uh, service at towards the end of the series. But well, what were your thoughts overall uh, on that run? And, you know, it, like I said, it, it winds up sort of being the third season of The Mandalorian, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like, what, what, what were your thoughts on it, man?
2: I I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, I think the if, if the greatest criticism you're going to have the show is that it wasn't the Mandalorian, then guess what? First two seasons of the Mandalorian are on Disney Plus. You can watch them. They're there for you. Yeah. Bo- book of Boba Fett was its own thing. You know, it's like everyone's like, oh, I want book of, I want I want this to be about Boba Fett hunting down. You know. A- the bounties and bringing back to to whoever and and traveling from you know from planet to planet i'm like that's the mandalorian that's what that is you that's what you're getting john Favreau is giving you all that in the mandalorian but mind you now john Favreau and dave filoni have been charged with expanding the marvel universe for disney plus so now you got book of boba fett And Book of Boba Fett not only has to explain to you what Boba Fett's been up to, how he survived the Sarlacc, setting up his status quo in the Star Wars universe post-Return of the Jedi, but it's also got to set up the Ahsoka series. It's got to set up all this other stuff that they're planning on doing on Disney+. And, you know, and yeah, so you had two episodes of Book of Boba Fett that felt like Mandalorian episodes. Television shows have done that for, for, for ages. You know, Le- fricking Laverne and Shirley. There was a there was an episode of Happy Days where they introduced Laverne and Shirley, and that's where you learned yeah, about them. So that's when they got their own show. So that's what it worked. That's what you get. That's television production. If it had been a movie where suddenly in the middle of the movie it turned into a different movie, I could say, oh, okay, that's weird. But no, it was a television show. Be happy, folks. You got Baby Yoda back for a while. Come on. Yeah quit your bitching, right?
0: <laughs> I'm never going to complain over baby Yoda, man. Just right. just give me baby Yoda and I'm good, man.
2: Give me little Grogu, fine. Yeah. So it did that whole thing and it, it was just it amused me at 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 how much people were kind of like picking at it. But I mean, I enjoyed it. I think um as far as what's going to happen moving forward, um dude, do, do me a favor. Whenever you have a guest on, okay? If that person leads off with Kathleen Kennedy, whatever, mute them, kick them from the studio, send them to the street. You don't need to hear anything they're saying because I'm so tired of that. It brings me back like, to the, the Dan DiDio stuff when you heard so many people complaining, well, Dan DiDio ruined DC Comics by doing this, that, and the other. No, he didn't. You know, the, the head of the company came up with an idea, came up with a vision, and he got, had a lot of talented people under him. Some of it worked. Some of it didn't work. You know, it, it's just like you can't blame the president of the United States for high gas prices. Sometimes stuff works. Sometimes it doesn't. But that person is there to point the ship. When, yeah, when
0: you don't know the processes, most people, that's, they're just going to go after that head, that you yeah, know, that figurehead, well,
2: Which is, I guess, but... You know, I, I can say if you want to be, uh, you know, annoyed about it, but you know, just don't, don't go on a podcast and rant about it for twenty minutes. Because I mean, I can't take you seriously at that point. There, there you know, uh, people want to complain about Kathleen Kennedy since she's take, she took over Lucasfilm. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Lucasfilm has made Disney um, more money. I mean, Lucasfilm its first year under Disney made back all the money that Disney paid for it. Okay. <laughs> that was under Kathleen Kennedy. All right, the Star Wars sequels have made as ju- enough money to make up for all the investment that Disney made in buying that that whole company. So it it's gonna work, and it's working. I mean, you might say, well, it's not the same as I remember. Blah blah blah. Well, you know, it, it, it in the end, these business folks they look at the box office and that works. And uh, what? You- uh, Quality is no indication of success. Yeah, sometimes there's <laughs> stuff that's not
0: that great that does really well. Yeah, you know? so I, hey. I hear you. Man. You you excited to see you uh, and McGregor, uh, and as Obi Obi Wan. Oh, I'm excited,
2: but even you and McGregor himself has said he is amazed at how much people are reacting to this announcement because. He, Ewan McGregor himself remembers how people acted about the prequels. How the
0: <laughs> old right. Star
2: Wars fans... Right <laughs> you
0: know,
2: the entitled douche bros were like, nah. <laughs> you know, the Simon Peggs of the world who said, this isn't my Star Wars, this isn't the Star Wars I grew up with, you weren't there, Jar Jar Banks, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it, they hear these things. And this was even... Before like social media really became a thing. So you and McGregor heard that. And it's like mm. he's like, well, should I be doing Obi-Wan again? It wasn't like people loved me then. Well, I love you and McGregor as Obi-Wan. I liked the prequels. Were they did they resonate with me emotionally? No, but I still enjoyed them. Fine. So he's saying, Oh, I'm being Obi-Wan again and everyone's loving it. Oh, that's right. Because the kids who went to see the prequels. Not the ones who were on social media complaining and talking about how their childhoods were being raped or whatever.
0: BS.
2: (laughs) that, you know, the older fan bros were saying the kids who went in and said, hey, I like Jar Jar. I like these stories. I like what it's being told here. I'm enjoying it. They're now older and saying, hey, I want to see this Obi-Wan come back. So, you know, yeah. Uh, Having said all that, I mean, I'm looking forward to it because I've always been a fan.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like you say, if you if you're like twenty five, thirty, yeah, that is your Obi Wan. It's not. It's not the guy. It's not Alec Guinness. <laughs> it's like, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, and when you consider yeah. that
2: Alec Guinness did not like playing Obi Wan, he was like tired of <laughs> Obi Wan. He once told a kid, and "This is in his own memoir." He told he he was at a church thing, and some little kid asked him for an autograph, and Alec Guinness, who had been tired of hearing about it, said. <laughs> I will give you my autograph if you never talk about Obi Wan ever again. <laughs> he told us to a little kid. He regret. He says in the book later he regretted it because the mother was like, "Oh my god, say that to my child." But I'm like, Alan Guinness was tired of Obi Wan. At least you and McGregor's like, "Yeah, I love it. I'll be Obi Wan." Hey, I mean, I- although how who- how many of us are going to say no to a paycheck? Come on, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. That- see, that's why I appreciate you know Patrick Stewart and. Some some of the the more recent your uh you know English actors and stuff they they you know they know when to get serious and they you know yeah they play shakes they they've done all types of Shakespeare and stuff but when the money's there you know Patrick gonna get in that wheelchair when the money's when the money's right <laughs> <laughs>
2: why, not? why not yeah yeah, yeah. you know so it's, zero- it's, I'm sorry that uh, a wheelchair has two it makes up the wheels make up two zeros but I would like
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, a little more. Wait, I'm sorry, is that a ten minute cameo? I'll do it for yeah.
0: <laughs> but exactly. No, exactly.
2: But again, wait,
0: wait, over, under, what you, over under? What do you how long do you think he's gonna be in Doctor Strange?
2: Uh, uh this gonna be like a I'd be surprised if he's in it longer than ten minutes. Yeah, that seems I'll, unlikely. Yeah, I I'll be surprised <laughs> if he's in there longer than ten minutes. I'll be like, if he's yeah. He'll show up and he'll be like, Well, you know, you'll have that bit like remember when Peter Parker stepped through the portal? I mean, when, uh, when uh, Toby McGuire stepped through the portal and everyone went, Ah, like that. That's a, you're yeah. going to have those YouTube reactions when Patrick Stewart, you know, when Patrick Stewart appears as Professor X, and people are going to go, Ah, and then <laughs> that's about as long as he'll be in the movie.
0: Do, do you think they, they're setting up the Illuminati in,
2: in a in way? Marvel? I don't think they'll call it the Illuminati.
0: Yeah, they probably will. Yeah.
2: You already have enough conspiracy theorists out there. You don't need to give them more. Time to- yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: they don't want no part of that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, is is that the big thing that you guys are, you know, personally that you guys are looking forward to, or anything else that you know, really like as far as like any type of big projects or anything that's coming out?
1: Like, um, I don't know. I like I. <laughs> I lose track of what's even coming out this year, like until it's within two or three months at this point, because uh, <laughs> like all I know is that I think next month we get Moon Knight, and then Doctor Strange the month after that, and I don't even know what's coming the rest of the year. Um,
0: yes, I, I guess yeah, I guess Flash is coming out, and I don't know, maybe Aquaman. Some oh yeah, yeah, you right. Marvel it, it, movie too
1: this
2: year with the. Um...
0: Yeah, uh God. Is Thor coming out this year? Yeah. See, it's so many of them. It's, it's Love and Thunder is <laughs> supposed right. to be
2: coming out this year, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's so many of them, man. It's crazy. I want but, Marvel,
2: yeah. I want Marvel to do like Beyonce. You know, remember that time Beyonce <laughs> just dropped an album out of nowhere? Like yeah. nobody knew it was coming. <laughs> oh, I mean, we'll yeah. say, like one week, Marvel says, uh, we got a new X-Men movie coming out this weekend. No hype, no oh, no promotion, just out of nowhere. Like, they say, <laughs> guess what? New X-Men movie Friday, be there. And people will be like, yeah. what? And they'll be like, and I'm I'm, I'm telling you, it will make money. It, it's not going to matter. People are going oh, to yeah. go nuts. It's going to go.
0: People going to kill crazy. themselves trying to get to the theater first. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just drop it on a Thursday. Like, hey, you know, 10 o'clock tomorrow, right. X- new X-Men, X-Men movie. Just so
2: you know, that's all, we recast <laughs> everything. Wait till you yeah. see the new Wolverine. You're going to lose your shit.
0: exactly exactly
2: marvel could do that and people would go nuts they would go so they don't really i mean uh, don't get me wrong it's not going to work with like okay ant-man 3
0: that's not (laughs) not (laughs) going to happen
2: but if they just decided one day drop okay oh yeah um x-men movie disney plus tomorrow you watch people go crazy get getting those subscriptions
1: I'd prefer that. Like, I, I hate having like conversations about what do trailers mean, or like, look at this, look at this new costume in a blurry set photo. Like, it kind of ruins it a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like I don't that's, like.
0: Let's get like with the Spider-Man movie and you know Doctor Strange. They've been doing some. Like, it's so it's 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 it's, a, it's incredible to me how thirsty people are. It's like, look the movie. We know when the movie's coming. Up. Let's wait. Let's wait. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll yeah. talk about it. A uh, week of release, and then after I've seen it, that, that works. You know. Yeah.
2: Remember that whole thing with the with with No Way Home. I mean, because it, it went from the rumor is that all three Spider-Man are going to appear to all three Spider-Man are going to appear to if all three Spider-Man don't appear, we riot. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the studio, like, they didn't say anything. It's not like you've put that expectation on them now. And like you said, yes, it's it with all the pre hype and everyone gets all worked up, it almost becomes impossible for a movie to meet the expectations that the audience puts on it with all the, the prehype going in. So yeah, I'm I'm with you, Zach. I would love it that boom. They just give me I don't I don't want all the talk. I don't want all the, the analyzing the 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 trailer and the video and this, that and the other. Just boom movie show me the movie show me the 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 title give me the release date you know boom and then and the rest you got to wait and
1: then yeah, yeah and i i think that's kind of part of the reason i like peacemaker so much is like i didn't pay any attention to it when it was in development or like i didn't see a trailer for it i i think like after the third or fourth episode i i was like okay i better check this out the buzz is getting really loud and like um went into it almost blind having only seen the suicide squad and like really enjoyed it like that was nice to like uh I, I was kind of vaguely aware vigilante would show up and that was basically all i knew about it and
2: they and they freaking improve vigilante i will say james can't yeah. do that when you look at vigilante in the comics that dude is so bland and boring i'm like oh my god they actually made vigilante interesting and fun
1: yeah, <laughs> so bizarre. Such a bizarre character.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that was that's that whole thing between them, those two was was great. Uh, you know, between Vigilante and Back. Yeah, I, I I like I said, it's I I really don't think I'll enjoy a series more this year than uh than that. You know, I'll, I'll pre- it's been I'm sure there'll be some more. You know, uh, there'll be some good TV that's coming out this year, but I don't know if I'll enjoy a, a whole series more than peacemaker but uh yeah guys man really enjoyed talking to you guys man this was fun uh great stuff man i hope to do it again soon we could get together again uh together or separately however <laughs> you know as long as we don't get together like a uh, peacemaker and uh a vigilante did with the one girl. You know. We don't have to do that. But, <laughs> but uh, well, I, you guys, never know. Is, I mean, it depends on who's... Well, you, who's you, what are you drinking? What are you enjoying your little cocktail there, Elliot? I guess you <laughs> might be down. <laughs> it is whiskey. Well,
2: I would say it was Whiskey Wednesday, but it's Thirsty Thursday, so, yeah.
0: There you go. I, I'm with either one of those, man. <laughs> but, yeah, uh um, before we go off, though, man, let let everybody know, uh, you know how to, you know, keep up with you guys and what you guys are doing. If you got anything that you do want to plug right now, man, uh, uh, feel free. Um,
1: yeah, uh, find me at comicsbookcase.com, dot com, um, comicsbookcase on Twitter, and we do have a couple. Uh, like Kyle mentioned earlier, we have like picks for uh, good um. Batman adaptations that haven't been made yet. Kind of proud of that list. There's a lot of variety on there. So check that out. It's easy to find. It's right on the homepage. And comicsbookcase.com one
0: more time. Definitely check out this site.
2: And uh, you could find me. I have a, a number of different um, Facebook and uh, Facebook live streams and on Twitch TV. The MCU review can be found at facebook.com slash RV. Uh, R-E-V-U as well as on Twitch. Thank you, Thanks. And on Twitch <laughs> TV. Also, my uh, James Bond podcast, Shaken Not Heard. You can find that both on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Yeah, you can also listen to the MCU Review as part of the Caffeinated Comics podcast on the Radio Misfits podcast network. Just tell your smart speaker to play the Caffeinated Comics podcast.
0: Cool, cool. All right, man. That's that should be it, man. I'll let you guys enjoy the rest of your evenings. Again, like I said really appreciated uh the conversation. This was fun. We're gonna try to do some more of these, like I said. Uh, you know, just talking about fun fun stuff like this, comics, TV movies, stuff that really gets us going. Uh have some of my other people on from war media as well, uh, interacting with uh, you know, guys like Zach and Elliot who are just great with these type of subjects except uh, like we'll be back soon with another one and uh I'm, I'm, we're gonna do uh some do, definitely do some more uh reviews and uh, recaps def, definitely get some TV recaps and stuff and uh so keep watching for that for war media at war media on Twitter and Facebook and IG and uh, of course our social uh, excuse me our uh podcast uh war on anchor that distributes us to all the major podcast platforms Whenever you like to listen to podcasts uh let's just search war media and we are there and uh, give us a good rating if you if you please and also uh if you're watching this on youtube war media on youtube subscribe and get notified whenever we go live so uh that's it for now zach elliot hope y'all enjoy uh was uh, your next uh, viewing, uh, your next viewing experience, and your next reading experience? I right, so I'm gonna get back to the nice house on the lake myself, and um, that's it. Y'all keep reading, keep uh, keep enjoying, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Stop the press!
2: Stop the press! Who is that? Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. I like. Batman, Batman. Oh, bats. Hi. Bruce Wayne. I tried to avoid all this, but I can't. I just gotta know. We're gonna try to love each
0: other.